This is the Adrian Autry Show, live from Shaughnessy's in the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Presented by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. It's the latest installment of the Adrian Autry Show. We're coming to you live from Shaughnessy's Irish Pub at the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Phone lines are open at 315 437 7644. If you have a question for Coach, uh, give us a call. A lot to get to on the show. Really good week, first of all, uh, for you guys, Red, uh, starting with that Ohio State victory. Felt like a really important game, and then you you guys went out and you and you played like it. You played with some urgency, and you got a really nice win on the road. Yeah, I thought that was a really really big win for us early on in the season. Uh, you know, um, being able to go and play in, in that challenge and uh, play against a team like Ohio State, who was uh, who's been playing well, one of the better teams in the country, to come away with that win, I think early on that really helps you know, us and helps the team and, and, and let them know, you know, what the potential is and, and that they can continually get better. But it was definitely a huge win. It's always good to win on the road. It's hard to win on the road. So to come away and play with a win like that in that type of environment was, was really good. And you, you faced a lot of adversity in that game, frankly. Uh, a lot of foul trouble. Uh, you know, Ohio State got off to a great start. I mean, it was a seven-point lead for the Buckeyes almost immediately. It was 9-2, to two, and they held that lead uh, for a little bit there in the first half before you guys were able to come back. Um, it seemed just like a gritty performance. You fought through the foul trouble. You fought through Ohio State's fast start. You fought through the fact you were on the road. It was a, it was a frenzied environment. Uh, did your team grow up a little bit last week? For I that, think, I think they did. I think, um, you know, to be able to – face all those obstacles on the road like you tend to do when you go on the road a team jumping out early kind of you know sort of you know the analogy getting punched in the face sure and uh you know i thought we did a really good job of keeping our composure uh staying focused and uh you know taking it you know basket by basket and and inching way and clawing our way back into the game and you know uh and that's what it's going to be you know as you go forward you know especially uh when you play in the ACC, those are the type of games you're going to be in. So, you know, we got, it was a good early test for us. And it was probably good to see, especially, you know, coming off that trip to New York. We keep going back to that. You mentioned the <laughs> – well, you say the punch-in-the-mouth analogy, and, and that was one of the things we talked about last time was that, you know, when UConn punched you in the mouth and when Oregon punched you in your mouth, maybe you felt like you didn't react quite the way you wanted to. And then your next opportunity, when a good opponent punches you in the mouth, it was, it was probably great to see you, your – your players and your team react the way that it did. It definitely was, you know, uh, to respond like that early on in the season, uh, especially with this team, us getting Frank back a couple of games before that, even though he's still not 100%, but to have our whole team together and to be able to go through that, um, that's just really encouraging. Um, you know, guys really all stepped up, and, you know, we had spurts of, you know, our versatility, our depth was on on display, I thought, you know, with Elijah and O'Shea and Tyus, you know, even Frank and uh, Jalen Carey, you know, at the end of the game, finishing the game out. I thought, uh, you know, it was through that whole game, it was different people that kind of stepped up and, and got us through it. You just rattled off six guys. I thought one of the unsung heroes in the Ohio State game was, was Merrick. When he came in, O'Shea got in foul trouble. He comes in, hits those two big threes. All of a sudden, it's a tie game, and, you know, he was he was kind of the spark you needed in that first half. Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, you're right. You know, uh, you know uh, we just had so many different guys step up, um, and, and that's what you need. And I think that's, what we th- that's how we see our team. And I thought that Ohio State game 
was kind of a, an example of how this team can step up and have different guys uh, take over at different times of the game. I, I mentioned on the Orange Nation radio show earlier today with, with Seth Goldberg that I, I, I look at Merrick as a guy that I would just I would love to play pickup basketball with him because I feel like he just he always seems to make the right basketball play. He's he's low maintenance, he doesn't need to take shots, he just kinda goes out, he does his job, you know, if he needs you know, if you need rebounding, screen set, diving on the floor, whatever you need, but I mean, he can also score, but it's almost like he doesn't need to touch the basketball to impact the game. No, you're absolutely right. I mean uh, you know, he's, he, his IQ level is, is off the charts, and uh, he does everything, you know, big things, little things. You know, he's just a versatile player, and he really, uh, you know, he really impacts the game without demanding the ball and having the ball. But when he has it and when he's in the game, he just makes things happen. You know, whether it's rebounding, whether it's a block shot, you know, or making taking a big shot. You know, he's, he's just that type of play. He has that type of feel. You know, some people just have that type of – you can't, like, describe it. It's just a feel. So just a player. Have. Yeah, just a player. Just and, a player. And he goes out, he hits, you know, two, three-pointers in that game. And it, it's, it's not a fluke anymore. I mean, he, he, can, he can shoot that shot. And I guess one of my questions to you about Merrick is, did he always have this in him, or did he just work really hard in the offseason? Because last year we saw him hesitant to take even a 15-footer. And then towards the end of the season in the ACC term in the NCAAs, he started looking for a shot a little bit more. It opened some things up for you guys on offense, and now he's showing that he's, he's got some range as well. So did he have that shot in his arsenal last year, or is it something he really worked on in the offseason to develop? He really worked on it. I mean, we, we, we spent a ton of time in the gym, and we still spend a ton of time in the gym uh, working on his mechanics and, uh, and getting his shots up and, and understanding his shot. Um, he's come so far. You know, he had all the other stuff, and he was probably more of a streaky shooter, but we made some adjustments, and uh, he stuck with it, and he worked really hard. He went home for the first uh, summer session, then he came back, and he's been back since then. And since then, you know, every day he's really put the work and time and effort in uh, to improve that, and you're starting to see the fruits of his labor. Again, a lot of Merrick Dolajai in that first half with O'Shea Brissett. I think O'Shea only played five minutes in the first half against Ohio State because of fouls, picked up the three fouls. He comes out of the locker room, and he looked like a man possessed to start that second half, scored nine of your first 12, got to the basket, got to the free throw line, uh, made a couple of outside shots as well. It was almost like he felt like he needed to make up for, for lost time there in the second half. Well, uh, I know uh, Coach talked to him a little bit and just kind of gave him the, you got a lot of energy, so let's come on out here since you didn't play that much in the first half. And uh, I thought he I thought he was a spark uh, that we needed, especially you know setting the tone early in the second half when he came out and got himself quickly involved. And, and when we have him involved and he's playing that way, attacking the basket and finishing around the basket and even knocking down shots, you know, uh, and then Tyus got going. I thought, you know, when you get those two guys going, they, they're, they're tough because they put so much pressure on the defense, you know, with their shooting ability and, and, being, and being able to drive and get to the line and, and score. Uh, and get other team in foul trouble. That you know, those guys are really tough once they get going. Yeah, down the stretch, it was uh, the Tyus Battle and Elijah Hughes uh, show, and and Tyus, you know, I don't know if we make too much of the fact that well, Frank's back now and Tyus is playing the two guard. And I know we say that a lot in the media. You guys live it every day. How much of an impact 
is it the fact that Tyus is back, or it, it, you know, back to the two spot now that, that Frank's running the point? How much does that help him? Because he's looked like you know the Tyus of old since Frank's come back. Well, I, I think it. I think I think it's it's, it's you know it's it's true. You know, uh, being able to get Tyus back up off, off the ball again. You asked you know we asked him in the first couple of games when Frank was out to do something that he's not really accustomed to doing. It, not the whole game. You know, maybe bits and parts sure. of the game, but not the whole game. And uh, being able to play. Uh, the point guard position, you know, being able to change your thinking and being able to make sure that, you know, you're not only just thinking for yourself, but you're thinking for the team. And not to say that he doesn't do it at the two guard, but it was something of a new, a new, uh, a new thing for him. And I thought that, uh, and I think now that Frank is back, he's, he's allowed to kind of do what he's naturally been able to do, which is make plays off the ball, you know, handle the ball every now and then, but really kind of be free and free his mind up and, and, and make plays and take advantages of things. It, it certainly doesn't feel like a coincidence. I mean, Frank's been back for three games. Uh, Tyus has 70 points combined uh, in those three games. He's been fantastic. He's he's actually the ACC Player of the Week. That came out a little bit earlier today that, that he won that award in a, a well-deserved honor. He scored 50, uh, 46 points in, in the last two games against Ohio State and Cornell. He's certainly been a difference maker. How about the play of Elijah Hughes uh, in that Ohio State game? And we'll, we'll get to Elijah's performance against Cornell, but against Ohio State in particular, uh, he was terrific down the stretch. He he made some some game winning plays for you guys in the in the waning moments. Yeah, you know Elijah's a, you know another guy that can can put the ball in the hole. He can do a little bit more than that. Um, and once he gets it going, you know he's he's tough. You know he has unlimited range. He's a strong kid. He shoots it. He gets it off quick. Um, I thought it, you know um, he he really kind of made some timely shots to kind of create that distance. He kind of like daggers, so to speak. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, uh, he's he's really good. He's worked hard. You know he's a player that we expect him to have more games like that. We, we, we think that's what his potential is and, and his abilities are. And, um, and he can do a little bit more than that as well. You know, so uh, we were excited, you know, to have him and, and uh, you know, and implement him with Tyus and O'Shea and all those guys. We're just excited to have those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's, that's the biggest difference, I think, when you look at this team from – from last year to this year is last year at times you were very limited on the offensive end it you know there were times you had three guys on the court who could score now you could put five guys who are legitimate scoring threats on, on the floor at all times Elijah's a big reason for that absolutely you know uh you know when we when we went into the season or we came into the season you know we knew we had some depth and we knew we had some guys that can make shots and uh and make plays not even just make shots but make plays um, we we think uh, being able to have four guys not only make shots, but even have four guys that can go off the bounce yeah. and get in the lane and put the pressure on the defense, that's really going to help us. Now, every game's different, and every game's officiated differently, and every once in a while you run into a game like you, you had last week in the ACC Big Ten Challenge where the whistle's blowing a lot. A uh, couple of really unfortunate calls, especially against O'Shea, I thought in the first half, uh, the last two fouls that he had, his second foul and third foul in the first half, questionable calls. He's just almost like wrong place, wrong time. I mean, you know, right. accidentally fouling guys. Um, how challenging is that when you see the fouls are mounting up on, on your star players and you know they got to sit? I mean, you had no choice but to put O'Shea on the bench with three fouls. He barely played in the first half. How challenging is it to keep those guys, I guess, mentally in it and, and make sure that they don't get down on themselves because you're going to need them in the second half. You're going to need them down the stretch. You know, the great thing about this group is that this is a group that's been together for two years, so they all are close. Um you know, uh, they pull for each other. So, you know, even when O'Shea was out, you know, I, I, I seen him up cheering and, 
and you know uh, talking in the timeouts and the huddles and stuff like that. So they they you know this is a close knit group. So I think that also the chemistry is there. So you know they keep themselves pretty engaged. And when we go on the road, you know, coach, we always talk about you know it's things that you can't predict. You know, and you you know we, we try to make it even tougher than what it really can be going into that game, foul trouble or guys, you know, not calling fouls and getting in foul trouble. So, you know, I think the luxury of having all these guys this year didn't affect us as much as opposed if it was last year. So I thought everybody really stepped up again, and I think these guys understand that we have a veteran team, so to speak, a team that's been together for two years. So I thought we handled it well. Ohio State took 35 free throws uh, in that game, but Syracuse comes away with a 72-62 victory. First signature win on the NCAA tournament resume. I mean, Ohio State was was ranked number one in the, the net rankings when they, <laughs> when they came out a week ago. They've since dropped. You guys skyrocketed from you know somewhere in the 100s to, to now you're in the, the mid-40s. So that was an important win for a lot of reasons. It was also your, your last chance to get a road win until January 5th. Yeah. You know, it was a quality opponent, yeah. and it was a, a chance to get a, a really good uh, road win. Let's go to the phone lines at 315-437-7644. We've got David from San Francisco on the line San with Adrian Francisco. Autry. David, how are you? Hello? Coach, uh, so I was just wondering about uh, Marek Dolezal's uh, minute distribution this season. His role is a little bit smaller than it was last year. I was just wondering... Going forward, what's going to happen with him? Well, I think, um, you know, uh, with this team, you know, the dynamics of the team have changed a little bit as far as um, adding depth and personnel. But I think, you know, Marek, you know, he's he's done a good job. I think, uh, you know, as far as the minutes go, I think with this with this, with this this team, um, you know, you try to spread them out as, as, as fairly as possible. But different games, I think it will change from game to game depending on the matchups and stuff like that, where opposed to last year where we didn't have depth, you know, we just had, you know, we only had six or seven guys. So that those things have changed a little bit from game to game. But for the most part, you know, you know you'll see them in there. You'll see them, see them in there um, pretty much every game. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you, Red. I thought going into the year, you know, we might see his, his minutes, you know, really take a, a nosedive because of all the talent that you had. But he's finding ways to get on the floor, and he's he's making an impact at uh, at various positions, not just the forward spot, but we've seen him quite a bit at the five spot. And that's what I was saying earlier about he's he's low maintenance. He's just a basketball player. You can kind of put him in a few different spots and, and know that, that he's going to, you know, contribute and, and help out your team and, and not necessarily need the ball in his hands to do it. Yeah, I mean, we got, you know, three or four guys that can get 20 or 30 points, uh, you know, at any given time. You know, Marek is a guy that's kind of like that, you know, the versatile glue guy, so to speak, that, you know, he can move the ball, he can make plays, and you, know, you can put him in a couple of different positions, and, uh, and and that's the impact that he has. So, again, you know, last year he was stuck at one position. This year he's playing a couple of positions for us. So he's going to play. He's a big part of what we're doing. Um, and, and if we're going to be successful, he's going to have to play well. He's averaging 20 minutes per game. So, I mean, he's playing, right. playing half the game to this right. point. He's, yeah. he's going to find his way uh, yeah. onto the court. I, re- I want to know if David was really calling from San Francisco. I think we hung up on Dave too soon. But, uh, <laughs> David, appreciate you listening all the way out there uh, in San Francisco. We do need to take our first time out, but your phone call could be next. 315-437-7644. We're back after this. You're listening to the Adrian Autry Show. We're coming to you live from Shaughnessy's Irish Pub at the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Back after this on ESPN Radio. This is the Adrian Autry Show, live from Shaughnessy's in the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Presented by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. 
All right, we've got 40 minutes left in the Adrian Autry Show. Full lines are open at 315-437-7644. And I, I'm told, uh, Coach, from our producer, Tommy Hogan, that our first caller was indeed from San Francisco. So your, your reach Worldwide. extends across the country. <laughs> Everybody tuning across in the country, uh, to right? the Adrian Autry Show. Um, all right, so we talked about the Ohio State game in the first segment. Let's move on to uh, to the Cornell game from, from over the weekend. And before we get into the X's and O's, obviously the storyline going into this one was and you know ESPNU played it up that they believe it's the first time in college basketball history where you've got a coach coaching his son going up against another one of his sons so what was the day like maybe the the few days leading up to tip off between Jim Beheim, Buddy Beheim, and Jimmy Beheim. Did you notice any difference at all either with Buddy or, or Coach Beheim leading up to the game? You know what? I wish I could say I did, but I thought uh, Coach and Buddy went about their business, you know, as, as, as usual, you know, preparing for games and things like that. Didn't really make a, too many, you know, nothing, nothing that stuck out. You know, I think probably more the, the biggest thing that stuck out during the game was probably uh, Jimmy – making a move and he scored and like you know coach is pretty animated sometimes when <laughs> is someone he? scores i was not aware yeah and he was kind of a, yeah, you gotta oh okay it was good move <laughs> sort of sort of thing and then you know you know buddy came back down i believe and hit a three so i think besides that that was the only thing that you've seen and then probably after the game when they when they came together but you you couldn't tell it was the same week the same preparation same mentality i mean buddy probably had a little bit more uh, interviews during the week than normal so sure yeah you know and jimmy and jimmy too i know you know we ran something on channel nine with you know our affiliate down in Elmira caught up with with jimmy leading up to the game and i'm sure it was a big thing for for the players and and you know even though coach won't admit it it had to be a big thing uh for him as well it, there was a at one point late in the first half where they were standing next to each other on the free throw line and i know you guys are caught up in the game but i mean i mean you you've known both of them forever as well i mean it it had to be cool yes i mean whether it was before the game or after the game i know during the game you're focused but was it neat just kind of being a part of that day it it really was um and i can remember uh i don't remember i didn't see that part but the part that i remember was i think Jim, I know Jimmy switched out on Buddy, so yes. he had the ball and he was guarding him. <laughs> and I looked and I go, "Man, that is a great picture." <laughs> like I hope someone gets that yeah. picture and uh, get it and, and give it to Coach and, and Julie. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, they're not my kids, but I've seen them grow up, and my children and their children, you know, my kids and and them are tight. You know, they grow up, to, they grew up together, they still grow up together, best friends. So it, it definitely is a cool thing. It definitely was a cool thing. It's a cool thing um, to watch them and. Watch those kind, to watch them put the work in and grow up and now be on that stage. So it definitely was, you know, at that moment. I remember that moment when he switched out. And I'm like, look at this. Jimmy is guarding Buddy. Gives you chills, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Um, I mean, you know a thing or two about coaching your own son. What's that like? How special is that? I mean, you know, those of us that are that are fathers to sons, I mean, we, we know what that bond is like. The, the fact that you get to, to see him every day at practice, I mean, I – how cool is that for, for you as a dad? It's really cool, but um, it's hard as well. Sure, I'm sure. You know, because that's your son, and, you, you know, you, you love your son, and, uh, but you got to, you know, you got to kind of separate yeah. it at times, for the most part, separate it, you know, when you're coaching him. You know, he's one of the players, but he's still your son. But it's really cool. You know, my situation is a little bit different. My son is a walk-on, so he, right. doesn't, he's, you know, he doesn't play um, and contribute uh, in the games like that. 
but I love it. You know, because I, I imagine you get to share in in special moments that if he wasn't a walk on on the team, you otherwise, you know, he'd be in the stands and you'd be on the bench. I mean, right. He's right. He's part of the team. I mean, it's it, it's got to be neat. <laughs> it's funny, you know. Every now and then he'll walk up to me, and then we're in a game, and uh, you know, it's a timeout or maybe halftime, and he'll come up and he'll just say. So, Dad, what you think out there? You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm Dad. Yeah. So uh, it, it's pretty cool, Lord. Again, you, you get a chance to share some of the same stories. You get a chance to travel. You get a chance to spend some time that, you you know, most, you know, once they leave high school, you know, you don't spend that much time with them once they get out of high school. So to get a chance to spend time with them every day on a day-to-day basis, daily basis, is, uh, is, is pretty special. All right, so how about this performance now against Cornell? Uh, huh. You know, it was an, it was an eight-point win. Um, so. You know, okay. So give me your give me your reaction. Well, you know what? Um, I was talking about it earlier. The the three previous years, we've done a really good job on Matt Morgan. You know, we really kind of did a good job, and he really didn't explode. Last game was the first time he exploded on us, and whew, man, he got going. Kid's it good. Just, the kid is really good. He can shoot it. We've I've seen him do that to other teams. I was just so happy that he hadn't done it to our team until the other day. And when that happens, when you get a guy that like him with his ability and his shooting ability and, and, and people don't understand the way he affects the game offensively, even when he's not shooting, he's making passes and he's drawing attention. He's creating other scoring opportunities for other people. You know, that's that's just tough. And he plays the right way. He doesn't really take too many bad shots. For someone that shoots, shoots it that well, um, he doesn't really take bad shots. And some of the shots that he made, I mean, you, you can't even do anything about it. He, he's almost got like a, a Steph Curry – Quick yes. release, like you know, where Steph, you like he he shoots it before you even realize he's going to shoot it, Absolutely. and he gets it up, and he you know, even though he's not all that tall, he hand in his face, he finds ways to to get his shot off. There was a play in the second half where Tyus mm-hmm. was like in his grill, mm-hmm. and he, you know, and he's like twenty five feet out, he buries it, and Tyus just kind of you know shrugs his shoulders, and yeah. you know what what am I going to do? Um, so you know, and I mentioned this to you earlier on on origination. I said, was it? Was it poor defense, quote unquote, or was it just a guy who's going to the NBA, you know, making some NBA level type plays? Right. It's kind of like you know, and I'm probably, I'm dating myself right now. You remember when like Michael Jordan hit the six or seven? Yeah, yeah, threes sure, right. He he shrugged and running. Yeah. It was kind of one of those moments, it was. like, yeah, well, what, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> there's nothing you could do. You just put your hands up and. Right. You know, and, and Tyus was draped. I mean, he was. He, he was. I mean, only thing else he could have did was file him or block the shot. And I'm sure, I'm not sure if even if you'd have fouled him, he wouldn't have made it anyway. But uh, you know, he just had it going, and we know that we knew he was capable. He was capable of that. And again, you know, you don't be surprised to see that name again. Yeah. Uh, somewhere in the NBA uniform. That that kid is. Uh, he's he's really he's a special special type of player. Yeah. Twenty six points on just fourteen shots. He was nine for fourteen from the field, six for ten uh, from three point range, and several of those three a high degree of difficulty all right on the offensive end for you guys it was a it was a two-man show <laughs> Tyus was fantastic again he matched Morgan with 26 and then O'Shea Brissett uh, very efficient effort got to the line he was in attack mode all night long got to the free throw line uh, seven for 11 from the charity stripe five for eight from the floor uh, and and he's really seemed like he's he's gone into attack mode ever since you know coming back from New York. Well, I think you know after after New York, um, just sitting down talking with us and talking with the coaching staff and and things like that. Uh, you know, kind of getting back to mixing it up, so to speak. You know, I thought uh, in New York he shot you know a lot of threes for the for the for the first two games, um, and now this is more of what you know mixing it up again. 
he's 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 hard when he's going to the basket. He puts so much pressure on the defense. And then once you get that started, now when you take some of those shots from the three-point range, they're a little easier. You know, I thought, you know, in New York, he kind of, that was what he was looking for at first. You know, I think it's just really kind of tweaking his mentality and being in attack mode. And I think once he, when he's in attack mode, that opens up everything else for him. How about Elijah Hughes? I know, you know, you obviously work with the forwards on a regular basis. We saw Elijah was terrific against Ohio State. I don't know if this is the right adjective to use, but it, it, it almost seemed like he, he disappeared at times in this game, played 24 minutes, only took three shots. Was that just a case of Brissette and Battle were so good that he just didn't have opportunities, or would you have liked to see him be a little more assertive? I, I, I would have liked to see him be a little bit, a little bit more assertive, and not necessarily with, uh, with shooting the ball, but trying to get himself involved in other ways, you know, attacking off the bounce, uh, trying to go get some offensive rebounds, you know, getting a little bit more – you know, involved in, in making some plays. But, you know, those things happen again. You know, new team, gelling. Uh, the one thing about this team is that I think they all have an understanding and they all like to play with each other, and they try not to take and force things. You know, so you're going to have some of those. They're still trying to figure out how to, you know, once you got Frank back incorporated, you know, that, that's a, you know, take some time to adjust to that. You know, it's just the first time that Elijah and, and Frank have been on the court at sure. the same time as well, too. So I think it takes some adjustments. But I thought, you know, he should have tried to get more involved a little bit more and be a little bit more aggressive. All right, we're halfway home here on the Adrian Autry Show. Phone lines, uh, phone lines rather, remain open at 315-437-7644. We're brought to you in part by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. We're coming to you live from Shaughnessy's Irish Pub at the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Got to take another time out. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. This is the Adrian Autry Show, live from Shaughnessy's in the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Presented by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. Got a little more than 20 minutes left on the latest installment of the Adrian Autry Show. Give us a call at 315-437-7644. You said something during the break, Coach, I wanted to get back to. You said, you know, at this time next year, we're going to be playing conference games. Uh, We've yet to talk about that uh, on this show. How do you feel about that, playing, you know, important games this early in the season? I mean, you always play important games, but conference games are a little extra important. Yeah, you know, um, it depends. Um, how your team is, you know, uh, I, I like the way they have it now, the format of being able to you know, kind of build your team and, and, and get some tests and, you know, get some games, obviously, that, you, you know, you probably should, you know, win. But build build your team up a little bit, you know. But, but you know, going right into ACC play, I mean, it could be some good to it. It could be some bad. You can really – what if you play Duke and, you know, kind of like what Boston College did yeah, a that's true. couple of years ago. You go in there, you get Duke, you know, when they're not – 100% ready, and then they end at the – so it, it all kind of depends, you know, but it just puts more pressure on you uh, to, to get your team ready quicker um, and be ready for conference play a lot sooner than normal. It certainly seems to uh, to benefit the, the veteran teams, like yes, you said. Absolutely. You know, a team like Duke that's got all those freshmen, they got to figure things out, and they're, you know, if you're going up against the veteran team, you know, advantage to, to that opponent. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. We've got Pat in Syracuse up next on the Adrian Autry Show. Hey, Pat. Coach Red, how, how you doing tonight? How you doing, Pat? Good. Listen, uh, obviously, big, big, big time fan. Looking forward to um, the month of hoops in December. But I got to be honest, with you, I got a couple, couple tough questions for you. But I, I know you're man enough to answer. All right, go ahead, Pat. Yeah, I'm got? listening. Okay, so if you go back to the Colgate game, they, they, they were really 
baiting and switching us. What they were doing was they 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 were they were coaxing um, our zone to collapse, and then they were kicking out, and they were getting a lot of wide open shots. So when you review the film, is 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 that something that is that why you play these these games against these teams so that you can teach your players on the floor as opposed to practice on you know staying out there and knowing your personnel and and, and knowing that there was no reason to collapse when that guy wasn't even looking at the rim and they were just getting the defense to collapse. And then I got a question about the Cornell game. Well, I think, um, you know, it's history with that scheduling. Um, uh, you know, and those are good teams and those are good challenges. And, you know, absolutely, you know, you, you're trying to prepare your team and get them ready. And, you know, uh, Colgate is, is one of the better teams in their league this year. Um, they did, you know, playing against teams. We'll, play, we'll face teams in our league that have multiple shooters, uh, guys in a high post that can make plays and, and make passes. So it's always a test. You're always trying to get better. So when you think about scheduling, Pat, you're always trying to schedule um, to get your team prepared for conference play. And, uh, you know, you want to put together a good schedule. And also, you know, you're trying at the end of the day, you're trying to prepare your team and getting them better for to be able to make the tournament as well. So you want to play good games. And, then we, you know, Colgate, you know, yeah, the way I see it is going to be one of those games. Well, in game, you, know, game you watch game, game film. Game film, you know, uh, you know, y- you're learning. You know, uh, you know, you can talk about it all you want. They have different attacks. You know, one year, you know, uh, they they got the ball, and you know, in a short corner. You know, people attack it, you know, different different ways. And each year, you're trying to get better at it. So you know, you watch film. You know, you, you get better at it, and then you move on. Yeah, was I was really just question, really Pat. surprised that I, w- I was just really surprised that. It took us that long to, to really get those matchups where we wanted to just really focus on guarding those three-point shooters. And once we did that adjustment, they couldn't do anything against us. So I was wondering if that was something that, that you guys talked about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, you come in. Again, every team, you know, in the beginning, the first half, you know, you, you know, they, they, you, you get to, you get a chance to figure out how they're trying to attack your defense and what they're trying to accomplish, and then you make those adjustments through timeouts, uh, and then at halftime. I thought coming out of halftime, you know, I think the guys, you know, not only did they understand it better, they seen it uh, based on the way they, the way they attacked us in the first half. So I thought the guys really did a good job of. Uh, Locking in, like you said, Pat, and uh, really uh, that created the distance. They didn't have anything. We got some stops, and we started making some shots, and then uh, that kind of created that separation. And then just real quick about Frank. Obviously, uh, you know, he's he still kind of getting his rhythm back. Are, are you hoping that as he gets his legs and, and, and becomes more sure of himself that, I mean, we're going to be attacking the paint more because we really were just settling all game long against Cornell, and I thought that was the difference in the game and why we didn't blow him out. Yeah, I, I thought we, uh, you, you know, you, you're right about that. I thought, you know, we didn't get to the paint and, and get our feet into the paint as much as we would like to. I think, you know, in regards to Frank, it's going to take him some time to get his, his feet up under him uh, to be able to, you know, get into that game rhythm and get his conditioning up to par to, to, to be able to do that. But, um, you know, that's something that we, we talk about, uh, trying to, you know, get three or four guys into the paint. We want to try to get into the paint and then spray it out you know, every now and then, but finish. You know, we have three or four guys that can really uh, go off the bounce. So it's definitely, you know, one of the things that we talked about, you know, in reviewing the Cornell game that we thought, you know, we kind of hung out on the perimeter a little bit more than we, we would like to. Frank Howard, uh, one for seven uh, in the game against Cornell, all from three-point range. The the one that he hit was a big one. Uh, it was he about two minutes one. to go, oh, shot yeah. clock winding down. He had no choice but to put it up. He buried it, and that was, that was a key shot in the game. Um, 
how close is Frank to 100 percent? I mean, is he is he is he truly back? He said after the game that he thinks it's more mental for him right now than, than <laughs> anything that maybe he's settling for some outside shots and and worried to test that foot in terms of going to the basket and cutting and, and making plays. You do you think physically he's back to 100 percent? Is he still kind of working his way back up to that? I think conditioning wise, you know, he's you know, he, he, it's going to take some time, you know, to, to play at this level. Uh, you know, when you sat out for two months, that, that's tough to get back to. Um, but when you make, when you say I'm worried about my foot or I'm worried, I'm not sure, I don't trust this, that's that's where the the mental part comes in. And that's where you say, okay, he's not, you know, because once, you, once you're ready and you're going, you're not thinking about that. You're sure. just thinking about making plays. So I think he kind of, he, he knows and he, he feels it in his body. You know, it's going to take some time for him to really get going. All right, back to the phone lines. We've got uh, Chris in Syracuse next up on the Adrian Autry Show. Hey, Chris. Hi, how are you? Good. What do you got for us? Oh, I just wanted to let everybody know that Adrian Archie was a fabulous high school player in New York City. And um, he played for Tallentine High School. And I saw him at the Golden Hoops tournament in Harlem wow. um, yeah. many years ago, back around 1990, whatever, 91. And I've always <laughs> followed him, and I'm very happy for his success and that he's a coach at Syracuse. But he was a tremendous high school player, and he played at one of the best high school teams uh, of that time. I think his teammate was Brian Reese, who played in North Carolina, and he had another dude, I can't remember his name, he played for Pittsburgh. Malik Sealy. Huh? I said Malik Sealy that went on to St. John's and played in the NBA, unfortunately uh, passed away in a car accident. But, uh, you know. Yes, um, Malik Sealy, I'm sorry. Malik Sealy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, that's fine. You know, a lot of people don't know, we, we had another kid on that team named Anthony Cade. Now, Anthony Cade wound up transferring out of our school and transferring to Oak Hill. Uh, he was okay. the same year as me. And from that high school team, that 10th grade year, we had four McDonald All-Americans that on right? that team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Anthony I remember, Cade, he didn't no, play, he didn't you play know, as I, much, I always liked you, so man. people didn't I know that. I like the way you played your game, and um, I watched you at Syracuse, and I'm very happy that you're coaching Syracuse now. So I just well, want to you. give I'm a happy shout to be out. Here. And um, Pre- for people that know your background, that, you know, I've lived half my life in Syracuse, half in New York City. So uh, I went to the Golden Hoops in uh, Harlem at Columbia University, and I, I remember your game, and um, you always had a smooth game, and you brought it to Syracuse, and now you're a coach, and I'm very happy for you. Appreciate Thank you, you appreciate checking it. in, uh, Chris. I, I hope you guys won a lot of games in high school. Oh, man, a lot of games. <laughs> a lot of games. So, uh, yeah, we were uh, really good. My sophomore year, we wound up finishing number one in the country. Uh, we lost one game. We actually lost it to uh, Bob Hurley. Okay. And, uh, and his Anthony's. son, St. Anthony's. They were really good that year. And, uh, and then my junior year, we were okay. My senior year, we wound up losing uh, to go to the championship, uh, the city championship, to a guy named Jamal Mashburn that played at Kentucky. Sure, Kentucky, yeah. Um, and it was – we were in the archdiocese, so we, this is our third time playing them. Is that so right? I guess the third time wasn't yeah. a charm for us. Did so, you beat them uh, the first two? We beat them the first oh, two Of course you did. Yeah. They always say, tough to <laughs> yeah. beat a team three times oh, in yeah. one year. And, uh, and so uh, – but I had a really, you know, a really uh, great high school career. I was very uh, fortunate to play with some great players. You know, I thought that 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 helped me 
transition into college. And when I got to college, I played with one of the greatest, you know, uh, players in Syracuse history and Billy Owens and, you know, Dave Johnson and those guys. A lot of times people don't understand, you know, when you're in high school, you're probably the best player and, you you, you know, other players, you know, you maybe have one or, other, one or two other Division One players but not as good as you and you, everything kind of surrounds around you. But I, I wasn't that way. I had other great players around me. So uh, it was easier for me to adjust to college playing with other good players than, than, than most high school players sometimes. How were you first introduced to Syracuse basketball? Was it because of Pearl? Is that I mean, what what made you fall in love with with it? Was it Pearl? It was Pearl Washington. Yeah. Um, I had a chance to watch him play uh, while I was a young young kid, and uh, in my neighborhood, um, it was called Martin Luther King Projects. They called the King Towers, and they had a one of the you know top kind of like a Rucker, sure. but it wasn't Rucker. It was one of the top tournaments, and they played it. My building was right there, and they always played. So all the top players uh, from New York City would travel and play there. So this was one particular day. I'll never forget. They said, hey, Pearl is playing today. And I had heard about him, obviously, on TV and, you know, the news because he averaged like 50, <laughs> 50 points and nearly gave him all these kind of, you know, nicknames. He was coming to my neighborhood, and I remember getting getting out of school, doing my homework, and getting there early, sitting up to watch that play. And, man, he put a show on. And ever since then, I have followed him. And, you know, obviously Mark Jackson and those guys. But Pearl was the big reason that I, I, I started watching Syracuse basketball. Sure. I mean, me too. I remember, you know, growing up, you know, from boys and girls high school. Dwayne I mean, <laughs> Pearl Washington, you know. All right, we got to take our final time out on the show. Uh, we've got uh, time for another question or two for Coach Autry, so give us a call, 315 315- Four three seven seventy six forty four. We're back after this on the Adrian Autry Show live from Shaughnessy's Irish Pub at the Marriott Syracuse downtown. You're listening to ESPN Radio. This is the Adrian Autry Show live from Shaughnessy's in the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Presented by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. Got about five minutes left on the latest edition of the Adrian Autry Show, so let's go right back to the phone lines. Vito in North Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Vito. Hello. How are you, Vito? Hey, uh, I'm doing good. Uh, how you doing, Adrian? I'm doing good, Vito. How you doing? Uh, nice talking to you. Uh, I'm great. I wanted to ask you um, a recruiting question, but first I wanted to ask you, were you there? I, I got my years mixed up right now. I know you were early '90s. Were did you play with Conrad McRae? I did. That was my roommate. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. I. I R.I.P. Conrad. He was awesome. I love the guy. Awesome. Yep. R.I.P. How was that? Tell me your memories of that game when he hit that Christian Leitner type game winning shot. I think it was against Villanova. Were you on the court that game? Yeah. Yeah. I was on the court. Uh... Um, Mike Hopkins took it out. I was going to say, hop through the pass. And right? hop through the pass. And I was, uh, I think I was flashing up. I was kind of like a decoy. I was kind of flashing up, bringing my man up. And uh, uh-huh. and when he threw it and he caught it and he turned around, I remember looking like, I'm like, oh, he, he's going to get this shot off. And then when he squared up, I was like, this is, when it left his hand, I was like, this is dead on, spot on. And uh, it, it was it was one of the more exciting finishes that I've been around as part of my college career at Syracuse. It was it was unbelievable, especially for Conrad, because he really wasn't known to be a shooter, so to speak. That was a big time play, a big time shot he made. Yeah, that that was unbelievable. I I will say though, as a Syracuse fan, I was too young. I wasn't watching yet when the Pearl hit the half court <laughs> shot against BC. But I will say, the best shot I ever saw, game winning shot, was Tyler Ennis's shot at Pittsburgh. Oh. That that. 
that must have been unbelievable to be on the court, Autry, to see that. If you saw oh, the no. reactions, I don't know if you watched tape of the Pitt fans. One of the guys was flipping <laughs> the bird when you guys all, when the players were all gathered under the basket there celebrate. There was so much going on in the crowd if you watch the tape. But that shot to me, tell me your, tell me your thoughts on that. You remember that one. Then I just want to ask a quick recruiting question. Yeah, that was an awesome shot. I remember me jumping about six feet in the air when he, when he made it. Uh, it was unbelievable uh, to win that game, especially at Pitt at that time. You know, we had struggled to getting getting some victories against those guys down there at the Pete. So uh, that was very that was very exciting. And then uh, that was their first loss, I think, in that building. Yeah, was it not? I for believe, a long I time. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was exciting. But I remember just him making that shot and jumping so high in the air. I was so excited. Yeah, that that was incredible. I, I do want to ask you on a more serious note. I, I don't know how much you can tell us, but. With that Quade Green situation, um, it seemed like there was no backup when, when he decided not to come here. It was like last minute. Was that kind of like a lesson learned in the recruiting process for the coaching staff at all? I mean, I know Bayheim's probably seen it all, but that particular situation was, was tough on the program, in my opinion. Can you say a little about that? Well, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, in recruiting, you, you, you're going to get some players – uh, that you think you're going to get, and then you're not going to get some players that you think you're going to get. And I think you always are prepared, um, you know, like anything, you know, you, you got to kind of move on. But these things happen in recruiting, and you, and you just got to kind of move forward. Okay. All right. Good talking to you, man. Good luck this Thank year. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Vito. Take care. Appreciate you checking in uh, there, Vito. Uh, yeah, that Tyler Ennis shot. Uh, first home loss for Pittsburgh to a top-five team in the 12-year history at wow. the time of the Peterson Event Center. I uh, just happened to look it up. I remember that was a, it was a landmark <laughs> loss for, for that program and obviously yeah. a landmark win uh, for you guys as well. We've got just a few minutes left uh, in the show. Uh, let's look quickly ahead to, to tomorrow night's opponent. <laughs> You're right back at it oh, tomorrow yeah. night against Northeastern, a team that, uh, uh, you know, they've – They've played well at times this year, 4-4 four and four on the season, including a win over Alabama. You know, very experienced team, well-coached, uh, veteran coach. This team will not be uh, intimidated. You know, they've went into Alabama and beat Alabama. They've won some games on the road at Davidson. So, uh, you know, it'll be a tough test for us. they got guys that can shoot the ball. they got a you know a couple of big big guys on the inside that can uh, finish around the rim. So it'll be a tough challenge for us. And I know you're not looking past Northeastern, but after that you've got, uh, you know, the rivalry renewed with Georgetown coming to town. I, I mentioned to you during one of the breaks, I asked the question, I said, does your blood still boil when you see Georgetown on the other bench? I know it's been a while. Has the, have the feelings subsided at all, or, or does that particular opponent, uh, you know, get the blood, uh, the blood boil? a little bit for you yeah that that one does you know uh maybe not going into it but right when you walk out there and you see the Hoyas and you see that you, I just get I feel like I want to play I want to jump out there and just you know ah but uh no it's it's you know it's it's uh one of the you know it's a rivalry and and, and and again when it comes to those games you throw the records out the door sure you know it doesn't matter what you what they what they how many games they won how many games we won and lost that's going to be a battle and they've got some some really skilled players i know you you have the the scout for that game what can you tell us about the hoyas you know uh they got arguably the best center in college basketball big guy named jesse govan from new york city i mean he averages 20 plus points a game they have a really good exciting young freshman backcourt and um a kid from uh, James O'Connor from uh, California, and a kid named Mac McClung, who's very exciting, athletic uh, player. So you know, very talented team. Um, they, they go and they play tough. You know, you look at 
what you've got the rest of the way here in the month of December. You've got six more games before that, that next road game at Notre Dame. We've got about 30 seconds left in the show. What are you trying to accomplish over the course of these next few weeks as you get ready for ACC play? Build the team, get better. Um, and try to get our guys all working on working on the same page and just kind of getting better game by game. All right, so it's a 7 o'clock tip inside the Dome tomorrow night against Northeastern and then a home game on Saturday. Georgetown uh, comes inside the Dome, and that'll be a 3.30 tip. We found out today St. Bonaventure has been slated for a 2 o'clock tip. That game's set for December 29th and will be the final game before the start of ACC play. Uh, you'll open up uh, ACC play on the road at Notre Dame. We are out of time. Thanks so much for listening. For Adrian Autry, I'm Stephen Fonte. Have a great night. We'll see you inside the Dome tomorrow night.